an Ironic Media production. Visit us at I-R-O-N-I-C-K media.com. So interesting. I don't know, Barbara, whether you sent it or Monica sent an article about caregiver grieving. The title just resonated with me because I think that's what you go through when you're caring for somebody with dementia. At some point, it crosses a line where you've lost that person as you knew them in the past. But you're unlike a death, literal death, you're not burying that person. You're not able to grieve the loss of that person. At least I have not been able to do that. And I'm not sure how to do that until a person has literally passed away. But nonetheless, when somebody gets progressively worse with dementia, Alzheimer's, you do lose them. It may not be a clear red line, but it does cross over into that canyon, chasm, whatever it is, of loss. So take care of yourself, caregivers. That's my recommendation. Heartfelt thought for you. Beautifully said, and you're absolutely right. Dementia Discussions. Here to help and empower our heroic caregivers with knowledge and experience. Dementia Discussions with the caregivers themselves and memory loss professionals. Here to help with 30 years as a geriatric social worker is your Dementia Discussions host, Barbara Hammett. Hello and welcome to Dementia Discussions. I'm Barbara Hammett. Today on the show, I'd like to welcome Jay Swardlow. Jay is here to talk about his journey with his wife, Andrea, or Andy, And I know Jay through my UCLA Easton Center Caregiver Support Group. So Jay, it's lovely to have you here this morning. Thank you for being here. How are you? You're more than welcome. I'm doing okay. Thank you very much. Great. Well, tell me about your wife, how long you've been married. Give us a little history about, about Andy. Well, Andy and I have been married 56 years as of last July 11th, married in 1965 courted her for three years before that. She's a wonderful, wonderful person. We've had a wonderful, loving relationship, which unfortunately has started to deteriorate the last two or three years. She was diagnosed with dementia about three years ago, and it has slowly progressed, but progressed nonetheless. She is a wonderful person, now a retired school teacher, taught parent ed in LAUSD, a traveling teacher, did a fantastic job taught herself to teach in Spanish because there were so many immigrant parents that she was teaching. A wonderful, wonderful lady. Wow. Who I miss dearly, to be perfectly honest with you. So a long marriage, and she was diagnosed three years ago? Yes. Actually, about three, three and a half years ago, she noticed her memory was going. And we went to our longtime internist, Dr. Ronald Sue, and he first pretty much thought that's what it was, but referred us to a neurologist. Dr. Cynthia Chabay, she diagnosed it as dementia, Alzheimer's. As I understand it, Alzheimer's is just a form of dementia. And a year or so after that, we were back with Dr. Sue, who confirmed again, but wanted her to see Dr. Stephen Sykes, another neurologist, who also confirmed and uh, did something which has turned out to be an ongoing major issue with us, which was to report her to the DMV. And that triggered, as you probably know, DMV regulations. Driving is, for whatever reason, just a major, major issue that comes up time and time again. Yeah, we can it talk is what about it is. that. But mm. going back to the more positive things, we, we've had a 
a wonderful marriage, and we have two wonderful sons, both married, four terrific grandchildren. Two live in San Diego, two live three miles from us, and they have been very, very supportive. That's great to know. That's great to hear. So I just wanted to ask you real quick, when you said she was noticing issues with her memory, and so it sounds like she was aware and she wanted to pursue a diagnosis. Is that right? She wanted to see what yeah, could be done. And I, I had noticed it a little, probably no more than she did. But after wanting the initial diagnosis over the last two years or so, she's in denial mm. over that. She does not feel she has dementia. She will acknowledge that she has some memory issues, but not that she's confused or has cognitive impairment, which I'm told is very, very typical of yeah, yeah. people with dementia. And no use confronting her on that. You can just continue. Uh, that's, just the mistakes, that's the mistakes I've made in the past and, and still continue to make in the future because every now and then we sit and try and have a heart-to-heart discussion and she hears me out, but she doesn't hear me out. She doesn't um, remember. And, you know, the silver lining, she forgets almost everything at some point relatively quickly after it happens. Unfortunately, I don't. And, uh, but it, it's somewhat cathartic for me to tell her what she has and try and continue to bring her back to reality, which is getting more and more difficult, which makes it that much harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would imagine. Does she get upset? Yes. But, yeah. Yes. Particularly around the driving. We're going on a trip, which I'm getting very, very nervous about this coming Sunday, which we had booked two and a half years ago, postponed with the pandemic. It involves flying to Chicago to see some relatives and friends. And then we're getting on an upper Mississippi River cruise from St. Louis to St. Paul. And I keep reminding her how worried I'm about it. And I want her to stay close to me. It's going to be a new environment. And I don't want her to get confused. And she says she understands. I'm just very nervous about it. But it's way too late to cancel at this point, And we're going to do it. And... Uh, Hope for the best. We've both been fully vaccinated. I've even had my booster. She'll get her booster when we get back because she had her last shot only about six months ago, her second shot of Pfizer. So it will be a challenge, but it's my attempt to continue to try and live a normal life as best we can. What I would say is you can tell her to stay close to you, but really you just need to stay close to her because she'll forget that you're telling her to stay close to her. But during the trip, it's your job to keep your eyes on her at all times. I totally agree. I totally agree. And the one good thing is uh, we're going to be with relatives in Chicago on the ship. It's a a small river cruise, American Cruise Line. There's 160 passengers, everybody vaccinated. So it shouldn't be too hard to keep an eye on her. And I intend to tell if there's like, you take excursions, I'll tell the leader of the group the issue. Yeah, I should have asked uh, Monica to send those cards that I could hand to people, but it's probably too late for that because we're leaving Sunday anyway. But I will definitely be keeping a close eye on her. And actually, up till now, for the 99% of the time, she knows who I am. The last week or two, there's been some times where she's been a little confused. For quite a while now, she forgets we're married until I remind her. I don't know what she thinks I am, a significant other, a boyfriend. And she's constantly thinking her parents are alive and they died 25 years ago. Um, so I remind her of that. We go through all the, the history and it kind of brings her back. 
Does she have an ID bracelet? And no, sort but, of... I mean, she has IDs in, in her wallet and all that. Okay. But she wouldn't wear an ID bracelet at this point. But I have her phone tracked and that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it'd be good to make sure she has identification on her. Yes. At all times while you're away. Yeah, and I'll be carrying our passports with us too. Not that we need them, but because we don't have real IDs on the driver's licenses. Right. I thought that was safer for travel. And just, you know, things like pack her bag for the trip and then like close it, close it up and take it out of the room so that she doesn't pull things out of it. Like well, I pulled our suitcases down today because it just is confluence of things. But we need to get packed in the next couple of days because Saturday afternoon is the celebration of her sister's life. Mm-hmm. And if, I don't know if I told you she passed away. Yeah, uh, sorry about that. About two and a half weeks ago. So we're having a celebration of life at my son's house who lives close to where Shelly lived. So we're going to be busy right up until my son takes us to the airport Sunday morning early, like 6.30 because we have an 8.30 flight. So I'm trying to push hard for her to pack the bag and all that today, tomorrow. Yeah, you need to pack the bag. She won't remember how to pack. So you Well, no, because we did a one-day getaway last weekend at Shutters overnight. And I got her packed. She got she got herself packed. I mean, she takes all these toiletries and all that kind of stuff. That I'll I'll do my best to oversee it. Right, but, right. Uh, I may be in denial here. I hope not. Whether <laughs> we should be taking the trip is a, is a question more, mark in my right. mind. But it's going to be an adventure. Uh, hopefully, a positive one. We traveled extensively for the last fifty years: Europe, Asia, China, Japan, Africa, all over the world. She loves to travel. Mm-hmm. And she's looking forward to the trip. Great. That's great. Uh, so hopefully it'll go well. I mean, look, worst case scenario is you come home early. If she gets terribly disoriented or confused, you can always come home, right? Yeah, sort of. I guess we could not get on the cruise. But once you get on the cruise, I think we're committed to the end of the cruise. And then we fly. We're flying home the same day as we land in uh, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. It's a Mark Twain trail going from St. Louis through Hannibal, Missouri, up to uh St. Louis. That sounds We've great. We've done two others, so we're accustomed to American Cruise Line cruises. We like them a lot. We had never cruised in America. We had always been over in Europe and all that. Turns out there's a lot to see in America, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that sounds great. Uh, yeah, just keep your eyes on her. Use, like, those family bathrooms. You know, sometimes at the airport bathrooms, there's two entrances. People with dementia are notorious for getting lost in airports. So well, really I, stand keep outside, your I stand outside the ladies' rooms now all the time. Right. So just make sure there's only one out. entrance, one exit to the yeah. ladies' room. Yeah. 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 It's hard. You're it's raising your, my... You're raising my... Your anxiety? Yeah. Yeah, level. <laughs> but you're not wrong. It's part of the responsibility of being a caregiver, which is... I never did see it coming. And it's just... Uh, it's a hard thing because the person with the dementia doesn't know what you're dealing with. Yeah. No, I don't mean to raise your anxiety about it, but you no, will, no. you'll be hypervigilant, which I'm sure you always are, but now you'll be more so on, on your trip. So. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's been very good. I mean, we've talked about getting a caregiver to come in during the day or whatever to keep my sanity. I still go out, play golf, play a little tennis and the golf is I'm gone four to five hours always in the mornings and back mm-hmm. early afternoon and she's fine. She uh, reads, forgets what she reads, but she's reading the paper and she stays around and then we have lunch together. I wouldn't leave her alone at night anymore. And when I was in for surgery earlier this year, 
my two sons came over and daughter-in-laws and stayed here. I didn't want to leave her alone. I wouldn't do that overnight. But during the day, she seems to be good. That's uh, great. She doesn't complain that I'm gone and seems to recognize me when I get back. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another sign. Of the, it seems to get worse in the afternoon and evenings. That's, that's when sundowning. They, the, well, is that what it's called? I don't yeah, know, it's but, called sundowning because she gets more confused and agitated as the day goes on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it really threw me for a loop two nights ago. We went up. We were sitting on the couch watching TV. Everything was fine. You want to go up to bed, babe? Yeah. We go upstairs and go to bed, and we're in bed. And she looks at me and said, "Where's Jay?" And I said, "I'm Jay." And she says, no, I mean the other Jay that was sitting next to me in the couch. I said, same Jay. And I could not convince her I was that person. We never, ever go to bed angry if we can possibly avoid it. But okay. And she turned around and slept on her side of the bed and whatever. But that hasn't happened before. So just another sign that it's progressing. All right. Oh, that must feel so hurtful to you. It does. But it's not going to do any good for me to tell her that. I actually have told her that, and she apologizes, and then I feel bad because I said, it's not your fault. You're not doing anything intentionally. It is what it is. But then I'm, I feel very bad that I brought it up. And she forgets about it. She doesn't remember. Mm. Part and parcel with the journey of a caregiver with a loved one with dementia. In my case, it's my wife. We're living at home together alone still. And... We've talked about with my sons, they think I should at least introduce somebody into the house. I'm just, I'm not sure I'm ready to take that step because I think as much as anything, it will mean I'm, I'm losing her even more. Maybe it's going to take some kind of an incident that's going to scare the hell out of me to realize I can't leave her alone during the day. But so far, there's been no indication of that. So that's good. So she's not trying to cook or she's not walking out the front no, door. No, I've been making, she thinks she's cooking, but I've been making all the dinners. I get breakfast ready in the morning. We have a routine. She just keeps like this trip to her hairdresser on Saturday. I can go, I can drive. And I said, you can't drive. I'm happy to take you, babe. I took you there last time. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. And it leads to the driving discussion, which is not pleasant because she says, do they know I have a perfect driving record? Never an accident, never a ticket. And I said, that's not the issue, babe. The doctors reported you. DMV took a step to suspend your license. It would be illegal for you to drive. You don't want to break the law. Well, when I get back from this trip, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to overturn this. And I said, how are you going to overturn it? I'm going to get another doctor that will diagnose me correctly. And I said, three doctors have diagnosed you with dementia. Dr. Sue, Dr. Chabay, Dr. Sykes. She doesn't care. Right. When we end this discussion, she'll forget about it, but it'll come up again because this is really something she can't let go of. Right. I wonder if instead, since it doesn't go anywhere and it just probably gets you aggravated and her aggravated in the moment and then she forgets, would it be possible to just go along with her and say, okay. No, but then she'd want her keys. Yeah. And when it comes around to Oh, you mean go along with put, Yeah, you go along with say, okay, yep. And then when it comes around to the appointment, you know what? I'll drive. You could drive next week. I'll drive today. Maybe. I could try and do that. I'm not sure it matters, but in the end, I'm not going to let her drive. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. She's not going to drive. Yeah, she's never going to drive again. But just so that you don't go head to head on it, on the issue, if you just go along with it and say, sure, yeah, just to say yes. And then in the moment, of course, you're not going to let her drive. She's, you're never going to give her the keys. 
Well, okay, I'll give it some You can thought. try it. Yeah, you yeah. can try it yeah. and see if it works. Just so you're not saying no, 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 the doctor said this. No, your diagnosis is that. No, the DMV, you know what I mean? All of that whole list of things that just probably get her upset. You can just say, mm, yeah, you know what? Yeah, let's see how that goes. And then when it comes around, of course, you're you're not going to give her the keys to drive. She's And she won't remember. You know what I mean? I don't think she'll... Yeah. You know what? It's it's me getting over the denial that I know she has dementia, but I don't want to admit that I can't bring her back to reality by telling her she has dementia right. and her accepting it. She accepts memory loss. She won't accept the word dementia and confusion, mm-hmm. cognitive impairment. But I keep butting my head against a wall. I, I, I don't know whether I'd feel worse or better if I didn't butt my head against that wall because it's the only remnant of normalcy. And maybe there is no normalcy. That's probably the correct answer. This is not normal. It will never be normal. And I think that's the hardest a, part. I have to accept that as her husband. I've accepted that as a caregiver. I know I got to take care of her as if she can't function. But as her husband, still trying to keep that connection. And it's not particularly working well, but it might be working better than the alternative of having zero connection. Right. right. And I think you hit it. Exactly. Acceptance. It's so hard. It's so hard to accept. Of course, you want to explain to her all of this and have her understand. And she doesn't. So you you keep going at it, trying to get her to understand. And She sort of understands in that minute we're talking about it or seconds mm-hmm. but five minutes later it's gone because you know i'll ask her do you remember the discussion we had five minutes ago what do you mean so it's it's that instantaneous memory loss that just throws you for a loop and one of the things that just wears on me is just answering the same mundane questions over and over and over she can't stop asking them that's the illness and i can't just not answer her because she, Jay, did you hear me? Did you hear me? So I answer. But at some point, no matter how calm I try and stay, and I'm not the most <laughs> calm person anyway, you lose it. And then you feel bad you've lost it. She doesn't feel bad you've lost it. In the moment she does, in the moment she'll strike out, well, I'm never going to ask you anything again. Mm-hmm. Because if you're going to treat me like that, then I don't need this. And I said, I'm not treating you like that. Every now and then, babe, I get tired. It's the same question. She doesn't realize it. She can't realize it. So you're beating yourself up over nothing, but I don't see an alternative. I mean, I cannot completely stay 100% calm 100% of the time. Just maybe there are human beings that do that. <laughs> I can't. I have never so, met one. So, so you lose your cool. And in my case, I feel very guilty about losing my cool because I know she didn't do any of this intentionally. None of this is her fault. She didn't bring this illness on. She didn't ask for this illness. She doesn't know she has this illness, so she can't deal with any of this. Yeah, that's exactly right. And you are 100% normal. I've never met a caregiver who can keep their cool all the time. We talk about it in support group, as you know, people losing their patience. And we talk about just trying to change the subject, if you can, onto something, either walking out of the room and like taking a couple of minutes to yourself, you know, like a few deep 
calming breaths. It just or, doesn't work if if you're in the same room with the person and she's asking you a question and you turn around and walk out, at least in the case of my wife's dementia, she knows what I'm doing. Sure. Mm-hmm. Where are you going? Ask it again, whatever. Mm-hmm. So and it's why it's so important for caregivers to think about how they can keep their sanity, whatever it takes for them to get a break of some kind. In my case, it's getting out and exercising, playing golf, walking, playing tennis, whatever it is. And when I can put my wife on a Zoom meeting, in the old days, she led an art ventures group with a a lady friend of hers who's been very supportive. And they would take ladies from Brandeis on different tours around the city of art things. So she still belongs. I've re-upped her. And there's periodic Zoom meetings that I put her on. She's still in a book group and a movie group on Zoom. She keeps thinking they're meeting in real time. And I keep telling her there's been a pandemic. Everything's on Zoom. It brings her back to that. So Monday of this week, they were discussing an unfinished life, the Robert Redford, Morgan Freeman movie from 2005. We watched it on Sunday night so that I thought it would be a little bit in her memory by Monday afternoon when they discussed it. And I printed out a summary of the movie for her to read. Mm-hmm. And she still didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. But I put her on the Zoom movie group and she saw her lady friends. An hour later, she came out and said, you know, I wish I had had time to see the movie. And I said, we saw the movie yesterday, babe. We did? You know, so... And she didn't find it very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. But it was an hour that I got a break. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, she was sitting there. And the same thing goes with the book group. We buy the book every month. She has not read the book in two years. I print out a summary of the book. She reads it. But again, she doesn't really engage with the ladies. They all know the situation. One of our very best friends is in the groups. And though she's been diagnosed with dementia, very supportive. So... They want her to stay in the group, even though they know that she can't participate. So it is what it is. Yeah. And good for you. You know, good for you for getting out and playing sports, getting away, taking a break, doing what you have to do to keep your head, you know, level. That's a really good thing. You need the rest I'm going to try and continue. I mean, if it does come to a point where we have to have a caregiver here when I'm gone, then we'll take that step. My kids, I'm very... Well, as I said, we're blessed. I have two sons are both attorneys. One doesn't practice. One's an attorney at UCLA. Married to a wonderful young lady who's an attorney with Rockport Skilled Nursing Facility. And the other son is married to a doctor. Mm-hmm. They, they all know the situation. They actually are researching the agencies that Monica sent to me mm-hmm. right. to see what is the best route for us to take if we need a caregiver. So wonderful family support. Which That's great. is just fantastic. I don't know how I get through this without that. And a couple of her very close lady friends and couples that we've got tickets to the taper and the Amundsen, also very supportive. So it's not like I'm alone completely mm-hmm. by any means. But I am the one 24-7 living through this. It's a tough one. And I'm sure it's, I'm not alone in the caregivers dealing with the tough situation. I do see it's different for those in our support group to me that are caring for people that aren't living with them, whether, and I think it's mostly mothers or sisters, where they're living in a facility already, there's a different dimension to it than Mm -hmm. living in the house 24-7. 
you're talking about your acceptance of a caregiver. It'd be interesting to see your wife's, how she accepts it. She might accept it more easily than you think. And you might actually accept it more easily than you think that you're talking about. It's hard for you to bring in a caregiver because you don't want to go that step. Uh, you don't, yeah, you're not I guess there so. in I mean, your my mind. My wife, I've never, I've never discussed it with her mm-hmm. at all. We've just discussed it with the kids. And they said, Dad, at some point you're going to need help. And I said, probably when, when it would be dangerous to leave her alone, yes. And it would be dangerous at night. I would never leave at night or overnight or anything like that. But during the day, it does not seem to be an issue. Right. So why introduce a caregiver? And at night, it wouldn't benefit me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I could go out. And play. I used to go out and play bridge with what we have. We've grown into the name, the Old Men's Bridge Group. We and the wives named us forty years ago when we were young, the uh-huh. old men's bridge group. Now we are old, but we're do, we're playing on Zoom bridge base online. It's called. So there's no reason to go out at night anyway. But I know what you're saying, Barbara. And again, I think there's a part of me that still is in some form of denial about what's going on. I get that. I mean, you always want to try to keep your normal lives as best you can. So it sounds like you're doing a great job as a caregiver. If you saw anything, like you said, dangerous happening, you would introduce a caregiver. So yeah, there'd be no, there'd be no choice. Uh, Yeah. There'd be no doubt in your mind that that's your next step. And you have support from your family, which is great. Yeah. The worst thing about this illness is there's no cure. There's no way this is going to go anywhere, but downhill. Mm -hmm. And that's not a pleasant thought. Whether it's a caregiver introduced into the house or if at some point, because we've had other friends that had people with dementia and had to put them into some kind of care facility. I'm hoping it never comes to that, but I'm realistic to know that it certainly may. I just can't bear the thought of that. So, Yeah, that's a, that's a rough one. And it's, it's not on the horizon right now. It doesn't right. seem to be anywhere where she doesn't. She knows our children. She's much better in a group, whether it's it's not faking it. My kids have said she really seems to be good at faking it. I don't think she's intentionally faking anything. It's much worse when it's just the two of us. Considerably worse. And that's why yeah. I, I schedule lots of barbecues on our patio. You can't see our patio, but we have a nice patio in the backyard. Barbecue, I just bought a new one. And we have friends over as often as I can talk them into coming over. And they like to come over a lot, so... That's great. And she's pretty good at that. I mean, our grandsons, our older grandsons are 18 and 15. They know the situation. And they are fantastically staying calm when she asks them over and over, you're in school? You're going to graduate? They've told her that, I don't know, 50 times, 100 times. Mm -hmm. But they stay calm about it. Blessed with wonderful children and grandchildren. That is wonderful. Which, yep. Mm. Yep, it sure is. Priceless, yeah. And no, we, that's great. Everybody's going to be up for the celebration of life this Saturday afternoon from 4 to 6. So this morning, my wife was trying to look through an old thesaurus, or no, I should, world book, on Shelley the Poet, because mm-hmm. she was trying to find something she could talk about that would link Shelley the Poet with Shelley, her sister, wow. which I thought was unbelievable. Yeah. And I said, Babe, you don't, you don't have to research the poet. I mean, whatever you do or do not want to say, it's up to you. I'm acting as the kind of host 
and then I'm going to introduce her. I'm going to make a few remarks and then introduce her husband, who will speak, and her daughter and her son-in-law, and then Andy, if she wants to say something, and then anybody else that wants to say something. But I thought it was interesting that she was focused enough on this coming Saturday that she hadn't forgotten it because she looks at the calendar and I reminded her. So we'll see. I'm guardedly optimistic that whatever remarks you make will be okay. And if it isn't, nobody else in the room, but the husband, Steve and uh, Martine and Toby, they know that she's got dementia. So I just, I don't want it to ruin the celebration of Sally's life. On the other hand, it was her younger sister. And it really was a tragic event. She died a day before her first grandson was born. But she was unconscious for seven weeks since the stroke. But they named the grandchild Ember. It's a boy, E-M-B-E-R, Shelly after her mother. uh And they mashed up their last names. It's Martine Charnow and Toby Miller. And they made it Chiller. And it's Uh legal. It's on the birth certificate, Ember Shelly Chiller. So neither parent's last name are on the birth certificate. And I asked, is that really legal? And it is legal. You can name the child anything Anything. you want, first or last name. It may create problems in the future at school or whatever. Neither parent's last name, but it is what it is. And in terms of her saying anything, you'll make it right. I mean, whatever she says, I think it will be okay. Everyone knows what's happening with your wife. Not Not everyone. Because Shelly was a very successful entertainment attorney. Mm -hmm. She started her own law firm, Serpent Meyerson. There's going to be 50 people there, 40 of which are either clients or friends that we don't know. So there will be a lot of people there that don't know the situation. I see. Well, hopefully you can smooth things over. We'll do the best we can. Yeah, exactly. Give her, maybe she can have a little sheet in front of her to read from or something. We'll have to wing it. muddle through it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you talked about support from your family, which is great. Your sons, daughter-in-law, grandchildren, that's wonderful. And it sounds like friends, your circle of friends and her circle of friends know what's happening, her book club. Right. I, I I haven't told, thanks to the support group, I have opened up more than I had in the past about telling people. Her close friends, yes. Not all the movie group are close friends, so I don't know that unless the close friends in the movie group have shared it with others in the movie group, I don't know if that wider community knows it. And we're, I like to describe myself as a cultural Jew more than a religious Jew, mm-hmm. but our rabbi at Temple Akiba knows he's a longtime friend, a great, great guy, Rabbi Zach Shapiro at Temple Akiba. He knows, and it helped me to tell him because he's a very, very empathetic guy. But not not the broader casual friends at mm-hmm. this point, at least not from me. I think other of our close friends may have shared it with some of their friends. And, and that's okay. I mean, that's to me, I leave that up to them. Right. Good. But no, I've not run into anybody that's been in any way hurtful about this or, or insensitive. I'm very, very fortunate in that way. Good. It sounds like you've got a supportive network of people around you. Which is yeah, great. Which yeah. is in, invaluable um, to dealing with this. And our grandchildren range in age from 18 to two years, three months. So the two year, three months doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I think actually our 10 and a half year old has a sense that 
10 and a half year old and two year old live in San Diego with my younger son and wonderful, marvelous, fantastic daughter-in-law, Bhakti is her name. And they're driving up and they want to hang out with us. And I told them, I said, love to hang out with you. The problem is between the celebration of life and the trip the next very next morning, I really got to get mom packed and all that stuff. But we'll see how that goes. Sahil is our 10 and a half year old's name. We had the, what I call the Hindu-Jewish merger. I call myself Jay the Hindu now. 15 <laughs> years ago, our younger son married the best, Bhakti. She's a doctor in San Diego, partner of a short medical group. And just so caring and empathetic. And uh, so they named their son Sahil, which is Hindu for leader guide, Aviv, which is Hebrew after my dad, Abraham, for spring. And the last name Swerdlow is Russian. So their kids are guaranteed secondary airport security search for the rest of their lives. <laughs> you have an international crowd there. That's great. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Uh, love it. So it's been a few years now with Andy on this caregiver journey of yours. Is there, looking back, any advice you would want to give other caregivers? Yeah, try not to make the mistakes I've made, (laughs) but take care of yourself. I mean, it is a very difficult journey, and there's no thanks for it in the end from the person you're caring for, because that person cannot recognize what you're doing for them. So you really, really, really need to take care of yourself to keep your sanity. At least that's my feeling on things. Whether it be getting out, a way, sports, a way to read, a way to see a movie, whatever you can do to help yourself keep calm. and, As I say, keep your sanity. You have to do that. You owe it to yourself and you owe it to the person you're taking care of. Because the better care you give to yourself, the better care you can give to them. And in the end, I love my wife too much to not want to take care of her through all of this. I feel like I'm losing her or maybe even have lost her, but I've not had the time to grieve over that loss. And it's so interesting. I don't know, Barbara, whether you sent it or Monica sent an article about caregiver grieving. The title just resonated with me because I think that's what you go through when you're caring for somebody with dementia. At some point, it crosses a line where you've lost that person as you knew them in the past. But you're, unlike a death, literal death, you're not burying that person. You're not able to grieve the loss of that person. At least I have not been able to do that. And I'm not sure how to do that until a person has literally passed away. But nonetheless, when somebody gets progressively worse with dementia, Alzheimer's, you do lose them. It may not be a clear red line, but it does cross over into that canyon, chasm, whatever it is, of loss. So take care of yourself, caregivers. That's my recommendation. Heartfelt thought for you. Beautifully said, and you're absolutely right. It sounds like you take care of yourself, which is a really great thing. Doing the best I can. Thank you, Barbara. I'm trying. Absolutely. And That was an article on anticipatory grief. And you're right. You are losing your wife, even though she's still alive. You're losing her one step at a time, one day at a time. Things are progressively getting worse. So there is this grieving of a person, even though they're still here, which I think is so difficult, really so difficult to handle. I find it near impossible. But as Satchel Paige once said, 
don't look back. Somebody might be gating on you. So I'm a very, very optimistic guy, mm -hmm. half full, almost all the time. I've had three rounds of cancer, survived them all, doing marvelously well. I had this acoustic neuroma in my ear removed. I have a artificial heart valve, aortic valve replacement called TAVR. All those are relatively easy because they're physical ailments you can recover from. The mental illness of Alzheimer's and dementia, you don't recover from. That's a very difficult thing to come to grips with. But I am doing my best to come to grips with that hmm. inevitable outcome. You're amazing, Jay. Really, you are. Thank you for uh, asking me to participate in this. And uh, I hope it's of some benefit to others. And I personally, selfishly, found it cathartic to talk with you, Barbara. I really did. Well, so thank, thank you, you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. I so appreciate it. As, and I'm sure others will hear you in a way that they can never hear me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on another episode of Dementia Discussions. If you're a caregiver or know someone who's a caregiver that would like to be a guest on the show, please call me at 310-362-8232 or go to DementiaDiscussions.net forward slash contact and let me know. It takes courage because not everyone's willing to do that. I would love to have you. Remember that you can follow Dementia Discussions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean a lot if you would leave a review. For any other information about this podcast, please visit me at DementiaDiscussions.net. And please share this podcast with someone you know if you think it may help. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you here again next time on Dementia Discussions.